Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that ought to wake you up for Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Welcome in. I am Mark Cox, along with my partner, Bo Matthews, and Carl Middleman. Hi. Producing uh, this extravaganza. Thanks for the music. I appreciate that. (laughs) Wake up, everyone. That's great. I even see Bo banging his head over there. Uh, Mark, do you play guitar? You know, that's like asking somebody if they play golf. Um, He tries. I I have a guitar. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have played it better at various times than I do currently, but yeah, I do. You got guitars all over the wall there, Bo. Beautiful. I got a can't. I got a camo guitar. Oh, that's that's like a Ted Nugent looking guitar. That's awesome. It actually, you know what? It's funny. It's actually a country star Blake Shelton version of the uh, MK guitar. Oh, nice. Uh, but there's more more dust on it than uh, there should be, which is sad. <laughs> so you don't pick it up as often as you should. Is that what you're saying? You know, I, I I can do the chords individually. I just can't put them together, and I've got rhythm. I've I've been you know I've sang and you know as a kid and all kinds of things. I just so if you're at a campground and there's a bonfire and there's a guitar, I'm not the one playing it. Yeah, me neither. I, I'd the, love to be able to bass. do that. It's just been Say a long again? time. You're doing the bass, but not oh, the bass singing? guitar. Yeah, the bass yeah. voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oom papa. Oom papa. So I'm going to yeah. be. I'm going to. Speaking of which, I'm going to be around a campfire this weekend of my own because I'm going to okay. head out and uh, and camp a little bit. Take the jet ski. Maybe get out on the lake a little bit. Should be fun. So are you the guy with the uh, the truck pulling the RV, pulling the trailer of jet skis? Oh like, the, like no, no, no. We we'll take two what? vehicles. Oh come on. That's not. First of all, I'm not even sure that's legal. Well, sure it is. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. It's that's incredibly dangerous. I think to have a 30 foot trailer and then a hitch on that and something behind that. I that's different than driving a, a class A RV and having something like a boat attached to the bumper. I don't and a think. Car on the back I don't of think that. having three vehicles like that is safe in any way, shape, or form. Well, it may not be safe, but I think you legally can do that. <laughs> Maybe. You could probably Maybe. put the jet ski in the boat, or you could probably put the jet ski in the RV. <laughs> what kind of, if you have a toy hauler, you could, but other than that, it's, it's way too big and way too heavy. And leaks gas. <laughs> Potentially. Oh. Yeah. Potentially. I am, I am totally, I'm totally going to be finding this out for next week's show, because I want to find 
Uh, I, I need to find some the information. Law. Maybe our executive <laughs> producer might do it. I can. I will find somebody from somewhere. Not by to the end of today's show. Somebody though. other than me to tell you that's a really bad idea. <laughs> I mean, that's a bad idea. And it can't because, be some who's your redneck well, going? Hey, I did it. Here's the thing. I mean, I've towed. <laughs> I've towed little uh, vehicles and I've towed big vehicles, and you already have a problem with sway. If you've got a if Double you've got sway. a third vehicle back there, I I'm, I I think, just think that's a really dangerous combination. You're right; there may be people that do it, but I I just can't envision why that would be legal. I, I I'm pretty sure it is. You know, condense the. Uh, we're trying to save gas, Mark. We're trying <laughs> to save gas to your camping trip. Um, okay, if it's legal in the state of Missouri, can we get you to try it before the end of the year? Not a chance. There's no way okay. in heck I'm doing that. Not, no way. No. Okay. We're going we're gonna to have to call the highway patrol because I've seen some rednecks do some things. It is I just, different I from state to state. Okay. And I'm looking at uh, Missouri right now. Well, we're not going to find the answer. But anyway, so uh, another camping trip. This one's going to be a little closer. Probably not Florida, right? Yeah, about three hours. Uh, just go hang out by the lake and, uh, you know, dip our toes in. Hopefully it doesn't rain. There's some forecast, about a 50% chance of rain down there. So Makes it fun. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. I am hoping it's going to be nice and cool in the evening. And I'm, I'm look, I always look forward to having a campfire. I love to sit out around the campfire. The bugs aren't eating you up. Um, so that's kind of what I like to do. And I won't be I playing like, the guitar because I'm like you. I know a little bit of a lot of songs, but I don't know very many of them all the way through. And nobody needs to hear that. I uh, I, I really, uh, in my camping experience, I've always enjoyed coffee in the morning and reigniting last night's bonfire. Yes. And just taking some time with the birds and myself and getting my head. I just, I love that moment. I mean, I love the evenings too with, you know, s'mores and everything. But uh doing you know the mornings are if i'm up first and stand back yeah, if you're up first having a shot of bourbon kind of recreating what you did the night before that's great hair of the dog <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding. i love it i didn't know i didn't know where you were going there you know uh you know what i've got to tell you i had a great experience at razorback armory because you are my hero big fish um and uh the <laughs> uh you told me of a firearm that you purchased and i purchased the same one and i, I don't even have to name it but i can tell you this that it took me 23 minutes. I called Razorback Armory and I said, hey, I'm looking for this. They said, come on in, we've got two of them. I go in 23 minutes, I'm out the door. I did my paperwork, I did the, the transaction and I'm out the door and I was in a hurry so it actually worked out really good. Um, but when I got home is when I woke up and I thought, what in the world? I think I am right arm dominant. I write with my right arm, I'm you know right-handed. But my left eye, is where my where the site where I was putting the site. My brain was like moving my my hand, and I thought, "Have I been this way all my life?" So I go to YouTube. So coming up on today's show, we're going to talk to uh, actually a Navy, a Navy SEAL um, who uh, he he actually wrote the U.S. Navy SEAL Sniper Manual, Chris Sinog, and so I'm excited to talk to him because it was like it was eye opening. Pun, in, pun yeah. intended, nice, of course. Nice. Um, but do you know if you are right, are do, right arm dominant? I, I am right eye arm and right eye dominant, so that's always worked out oh. well for me. So you could be a sniper. I could. I'm left, left. Wow. But nobody who's seen me shoot would ever worry about that. <laughs> so probably. I did, but, but I did art, junior ROTC, so we took marksmanship classes. Yes. And it was. How I, are you, Carl? I was good on the ground, prone. Not good kneeling, horrible standing. It's hard. It is very difficult. It's hard with and, a and rifle. Will, and those M1s are heavy. Yeah, yes, true. That's true. 
And I, I would say this too, that everybody that trains and I, and I'll be spending a lot of time with my new firearm at the range because I want to get so comfortable where it's second nature that, uh, shooting with your less dominant arm, regardless is, is, is a good thing because you don't know what's going to happen. So you want it to be accessible and it may be more comfortable on your left or your right or whatever. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just think it's really important that people pay attention to if you are right arm dominant, left eye dominant, we're going to find out how you can maybe uh, get some assistance with that. That's true. Um, Colian Noir, do you know the name? Uh, you know, I told you earlier I'd heard the name, but I didn't know what the context was. Well, a buddy of mine uh, turned me on to him. He is a uh, concealed carrier firearms aficionado. He reviews uh, firearms individually uh, in, in categories, but he's also up on all of the uh, the, the bills that are be- trying to be pushed through with this uh, liberal uh, Congress. And he's got a, a warning on his Instagram post that kind of caught my attention. And I actually listened and I followed what he said to do. And I reached out to Blaine Lutkemeyer, who's my U.S. representative. Uh, but here's a bit from uh, Colian Noir's Instagram post he did the other day. In the coming days, the U.S. House of Representatives will be voting on two bills, H.R. 1808, which will ban semi-auto rifles, and yes, even some pistols. They'll also be voting on H.R. 2814, a bill designed to destroy the gun industry by allowing anyone to sue the maker of a gun simply because a criminal used that gun in a crime. When bills like this show up, people always ask me, what can we do? Well, here's what you need to do. You need to call, write, email, DM, or tweet your U.S. representative right now and tell them to vote no on H.R. 1808 and H.R. 2814. Remember, they work for you. That is uh, Coley Noir, and I follow him on Instagram, and he's on YouTube and everything. Great guy, really knowledgeable, and great advice on, on you know, picking out firearms and stuff. But uh, I, I so I did that. I actually went. Uh, I, I went to his page to try and to find my representative, and you can just punch in who's my U.S. representative and punch in your zip code and you're off to the races. So I did send an email out this morning and uh, got an instant, you know, canned response. Yes. And of course, <laughs> I'm reading it and it's like, thank you for taking the time to contact me. I appreciate your views and welcome the opportunity to respond. I receive hundreds of letters, emails, and phone calls. And what that tells me is I'm not going to call you back. Uh, <laughs> but... I, I, I did, you know, because we always say, what can Americans do to help protect our yeah, gun laws? Yeah. It, it's tough. Well, Blaine Lute, this is scary. Blaine Lutkemeyer is going to vote against this, as will, I imagine, every Republican in the House. But it's not going to matter. They'll be able to get these passed through the House, probably. They'll go nowhere in the Senate, which, which really, as we're now just a few days out, uh, if you're hearing this on Sunday, two days out from the primary... It just drives home how important your vote is on Tuesday and again in November. You have to elect candidates who are going to stand up and say no, and you have to elect specifically a Senate candidate uh, who is going to go to Washington and vote in your best interest and maybe retake the United States Senate from the crazy progressives who want to strip you of your Second Amendment rights and take away weapons from you. And uh, imagine, a Bo... If you got in a fender bender this afternoon or somebody stole your car and wrecked it uh, and then they you, they were allowed to sue whoever makes your car, Ford, Chevy, I mean, wh- why should you be able to sue the manufacturer of the weapon? It, it, it's a legal product. It makes no sense. 
Great analogy. That's a great analogy. Or uh, uh, we could, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe fat people like myself could sue uh, the uh, utensil makers like you always talk about. Uh, that that'd be good. No, it, it, you know, it's scary. You can you can uh, do a quick search online about you know what happens to countries after their guns are banned. It never turns out good, people. It never turns out good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, unarmed people are subject. Armed people are citizens. It, it, you, you need to be respected for your for your rights here. Uh, th- there are a group of people in this country who who want to destroy our Constitution. That That's what they want to do. There's no other way to put it. Imagine if they treated the First Amendment the way they treat the Second Amendment. People would scream bloody murder, particularly the protesters who showed up at an event I was at the other day and decided that they uh, they needed to block the driveway and keep people from leaving just to show their rear ends. They were exercising their First Amendment rights. If somebody had tried to silence them or stop them, they would have raised all kinds of cane over it. And, right? you know, something that something I've noticed, too, that, uh, you know, you don't hear the, the term from the left as much of defund the police, but it's still ingrained in them. Sure. And and I think that's that's frightening. Uh, there's a lot of people, all Americans, that think we need more police, more better trained police, whatever you want to call it. But uh, here's the thing. That's that's a contrast. If you defund the police and you take take away the guns or limit the guns, that's a frightening scenario. You talk about anarchy. Uh, it would be a dystopian. Uh, uh, it would be a dystopian world that we would be living in, and it would be frightening because you know what? If there's if the guns aren't allowed, uh, rocks, rakes, sticks. What you know? I don't know. I can think of uh, four or five incidents that have happened in just the past two months that prove the 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 insanity of of what you just described people wanting to take away your right to defend yourself i mean you need to have that right because when you call 911 i got some bad news for you uh, if you're in the city of st louis specifically it might take them 10 or 15 minutes to get to you if if it if they get there that quickly because they're wow. undermanned they're understaffed right yeah. Uh, they're under a person, I guess I have to say these days. Uh, if oh you don't have the ability to, to defend yourself, protect yourself, uh, you, that's an insane world, particularly given the fact that we don't prosecute criminals in the city of St. Louis anymore. And I, and I would add to that, uh, in, in the rural area, uh, there's a lot of distance between you and the next law enforcement officer, whoever that person <laughs> is, the sheriff or your local officer, uh, that, you know, and in, in, it doesn't matter where you are in this country, you need to be trained, uh, and you need to not just train yourself. You need to get somebody to show you what to do with that firearm. Right, and you don't have to have a gazillion of them. You just need to you just need to make sure you're proficient with uh, one or two. That would be ideal for protecting your home, your you know the the castle law, um, and protecting your family. At which That's point, Bo Matthews, it's important to know which eye dominant you are, and our next guest <laughs> is going to be able to help you with that. Chris Sinog, a Navy SEAL, uh, wrote the sniper manual as you heard uh, as you heard Bo say a few minutes ago. See, it's a fascinating conversation with him. He's written a new book called "The New Rules of Marksmanship." He's going to help Bo out with his eyesight issue here. Uh, you need to hear. <laughs> what this man has to say also if you're a parent maybe you're a parent of young children that you haven't introduced them to fishing yet we got a guy on who's written a complete article about the casual angler's guide to taking kids fishing for the first time it's all coming up right here you're listening to second amendment radio and the great outdoors
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors. Mark Cox is right there. My name is Bo Matthews, and we are always produced uh, by Carl Middleman. And uh, yeah, there he is. There he is right there. Um, And uh, my name is Bo Matthews, and this segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. I've been in there a lot lately, Mark. Um, I'm a new fan of sticky holsters. I don't know if you know what that is. I do. uh, But... It, it's a great holster. It uh, doesn't have to clip or anything. Check that out. And I will tell you, and you'll hear this in my commercial uh, for Razorback this week. I went in and I purchased a weapon that you have, and I think I text you about it. I you was did. in and out in 23 minutes. Wow. Paperwork, sale, done, out the door. They knew I was coming for it, too. Uh, so check them out, RazorbackArmory.com. Uh, so after I purchased that new firearm... I, uh, I was, I was, you know, aiming to, you know, to the wall and I'm like, why is my eye not focusing on the sights correctly? So I closed the other eye and then I thought, okay, I need to figure this out. So I go on YouTube and I punch in right arm dominant, left eye dominant. And I come across this video of a guy, uh, who's a, a, I mean, this is legit and I cannot even believe we got him on second amendment radio. Carl Middleman. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Chris Sinog is a master training specialist in the Navy and was hand selected to write the U S Navy seal sniper manual. This is, this is cred right here. This is street cred. He used this experience plus four years of study in neuroscience and elite performance to develop the new rules of marksmanship, a fundamental shift in learning how to shoot. And uh, it was his video that brought us all together. Chris, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, we connected the dots and we got you. Um, and uh, tell me if this is a common problem. Uh, you know, I've never been to the range with Mark, uh, although we've been co-hosting the show for a long time. Um, what is the first sign that somebody is right arm dominant, left eye dominant? Generally, it's they're just not able to hold tight groups. They're, you know, no matter what technique you're trying to help them with, you know, I'm on the range and I'm 
trying to check them out and fix something, but nothing seems to work. Um, I'll always stop them and I'll, you know, go, Hey, all right. So you're, you're right-handed. Let's check. Have you ever checked your eye dominance? Right. And, um, uh, most people have, you know, but what people don't know is that you're, there's a lot of things that can happen with your eyes, uh, in shooting your eye dominance can change over time. Your eye mm-hmm. dominance can change depending on whether you're shooting a pistol or rifle, because it's dependent on what, what you're holding in your hands, because that also gives a reference uh, to your brain as to which is your, which should be your dominant eye. And with distance also, as you go further back and further away from a target, your distance, your uh, dominant eye can change. So, yeah, yeah, Mark Cox here. Chris, great to meet you, and thanks for giving us some time today. Um, yeah, I, I, and you work with people on this. Just as an example, my son was, a, was and is, still is, a very good trap shooter. But when he first started out, he struggled with it a little bit, and they ended up uh, putting a piece of tape over his shooting uh, goggles that he was wearing, his glasses, over his left eye, uh, mm-hmm. because they said that, they, I think they described it as the fact that he, he, he was, um, he had center eye dominance, and they wanted mm-hmm. him to depend on his right eye. So that may not be something people have heard of either. Yep, that's true. Also, you can, and it can be, it can actually be anywhere, you know, in between. Hopefully, it's not on the outside. That'd be kind of weird, but yeah, it can be anywhere between your eyes. Um, also, so. Um, and you can, you know, you can train it and, you know, there's tons of stuff that, that goes on with the eyes that, that people don't know. Like your non-dominant eye is usually has better vision than your dominant eye too. So, and you can, you can shoot with your non-dominant eye just as effectively as you can with your dominant eye. The problem is, is you're, you're going to have to close your dominant eye, which is what they're probably doing, uh, you know, in your son's case. Right. Yeah, well, it worked for him. I mean, he went he he went on to to I think uh, he broke a hundred straight uh, trap and almost two hundred straight. I mean, he he it certainly helped him overcome whatever was slowing him down at first. You just have to have somebody who recognizes that. Is that common? I mean, are are, are most people who are maybe NRA certified or training in marksmanship are they familiar with all these principles? Uh, no. Okay. No, they're yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, read through the NRA instructor's manual, and it doesn't really even talk about eye dominance at all. So it's kind of depressing. But um, well, yeah. Chris, but I'd like to. I'd like to definitely out there. Yeah, I'd like to interject uh, that, you know, it's not tragic if this is the case. I mean, I I think uh, you even had some statistics, uh, not that I'll ask you to recall them, but uh, a lot of people are in this situation. So uh, when you are like, uh, you know, at an arm's length as a pistol would be, that's where and with age, my vision has changed. I'm 55 now. Uh, My right eye is definitely weaker. Uh, what does somebody do uh, if they're in that situation, whether it's their failing vision or, you know, from age or something else, uh, or they are left eye dominant, right arm dominant? Well, with um, there's a couple of things there. So as your eyes get older, you know, and you start needing glasses, you can do what I did and um, measure the distance to your front sight that you want to be able to shoot at and then go to a optometrist 
and you can either get glasses made if you get glasses made for rifle um you can go to my website and i've got um i worked with a optometrist um on where the focal point needs to be on the lenses uh that's a lot of details we probably don't want to get into um <laughs> you can you can what i did was i had my dominant eye my right eye set for that um distance to my front sight post and then i had a contact made on my left eye for wow. uh, far distance um and surprisingly most people when they hear that they're like oh you know like i'd be seen all weird and stuff it like from day one, I it, I'd never noticed it. The only thing I notice, and my girlfriend tells me this all the time, like she thinks I'm winking at people, but really <laughs> it's, I'm having to change, you know, focus with one of my eyes at different distances. Um, but yeah, and then um, the other thing is with your uh, having a cross dominance with your shooting, um, it's best to find it when you're young or when you're yeah. first starting shooting, if you can do that, the very best thing you can do, and I did this when I was teaching uh, Cub Scouts, um, which is great because, you know, as a SEAL, I didn't have men, you know, at the point I could change them, so I had to use different techniques. But when you're young, you can teach somebody to shoot with their non-dominant hand just if, as effectively as you can with their dominant hand. Oh. It's very hard to get them to switch their dominant eye. So Interesting. So so uh, I hope people are paying attention to what you just said there uh, because if you get the earlier, maybe you get your kids involved in the shooting sports, the sooner you could recognize that, uh, and that would be a huge benefit to them down the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I hate to say it, but it's like statistically – proven that cross-dominant shooters are not as good as, you know, same-dominant shooters. Okay. Um, oh, but that's horrible. When you are, <laughs> but when you are older, you can train yourself to shoot with your non-dominant, uh, on your non-dominant side. And there's all kinds of stuff that, that you know, th this is a day-long topic, at least, because I have people in the military and law enforcement that when they're shooting, um, you know, with pistol and a long gun and they transition, they will shoot their pistol with one hand and their long gun on their other side. Um, and they can actually transition a lot faster than the rest of us. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. an advantage there. So, so Chris, tell people uh, about your business and, and how they can find mm -hmm. you online and, and read more about it. Well, the, I always say the easiest way to find me because my last name is people always for, well, don't know how to spell it or yeah. say it yeah. um, is just look up Navy SEAL shooting. And if you do that, you'll, that's the name of one of my best selling books. Um, but you can go to Amazon. Um, all my books are on there. Uh, how to shoot like a Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL shooting. And then my latest one, the new rules of marksmanship was, which is actually a workbook uh, that teaches people how to shoot. Um, it, it's not a book that teaches you, this is how you hold the gun. This is how you stand like most shooting books, like my other shooting books. Um, it teaches you like the mechanics of how your gun works and how your body works and how to put them together to be able to shoot effectively. It teaches you how to train, how to learn. Um, 
And then my website, uh, chrissinog.com. I've got all my books on there if people want to get them signed. Um, and I have courses on there, and I have um, a membership site. So it's all at chrissinog.com, S-A-J-N-O-G. And I think I put together a, a discount for your listeners. Yes, um, you did. Also. And we thank you. Uh, yeah. Do you remember what it was? Uh, uh, you know what? I've got it on my phone, actually. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? It was fantastic. I'm sorry. Say it again. Support to A. Yes. Nice. So that, yeah. We'll so put that on our website as well. A, and that is for $300 off my New Rules of Marksmanship course. It's a 30-day-long course all online. Uh, teaches you how to shoot in five minutes a day at home. Wow. You know, when I re- when I realized this, Mark, that I was right arm dominant and left eye dominant, I thought, how much ammo have I freaking wasted <laughs> over the, over my lifetime? Ugh. Well, Chris Sinog, what a pleasure it is to uh, to meet you and have you on our show. Maybe we can have you on again uh, uh, concerning other things, other books, whatever. Uh, but we thank you, and I would I would suggest next time your girlfriend accuses you of winking at somebody, saying, uh, I'd say. I'm a Navy SEAL. I don't have to wink at nobody. <laughs> <laughs> they wink at me. Yeah? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Chris, good luck to you. Thanks for joining us on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, sir. Thanks, guys. Have a great yeah, day. Yeah, we appreciate it. Great, great to get him on here. Wow. Uh, I had that, no idea. So I know. Eye-opening. If you go... I, I winking. <laughs> I got that pun. That if was you great. go to where you get the Odyssey app and you download the podcast, in the description, we will have a link to Chris's website and we will have the code so you can save the promo money. code. Nice. Yes. Yeah. 300 bucks nice. off. That's awesome. You bet. Hey, coming up, of course, we do talk about uh, shooting sports. We talk about the second minute. We talk about the great outdoors, which includes fishing. And you know, we just, we just talked to Chris about getting kids involved in shooting early. Uh, how about fishing? Uh, that's something you need to do too. And uh, there's a new guide out to taking kids fishing for the first time. Fascinating. Love it. I have great memories with all my kids. We'll talk to the author coming up on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. It is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. That's Mark Cox. I'm Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman, our executive producer. And we move in to the Great Outdoors area of the program. And again, Chris Sinog, that was fantastic information uh, from a true Navy SEAL. I always heard that if somebody tells you they're a Navy SEAL, they're really not. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> is that a dig at Eric Greitens? What are you, uh, what are you talking about? Oh. No, 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 I'm just... I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just I, kidding. I'm just I kidding. Heard. I had never interviewed Eric when he didn't mention the fact that he was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, he doesn't which mention I think Other people fine. mention it. He doesn't mention it. Who? Eric. He always mentions it. I know. Yeah. yeah. Does he? Okay. Well, he does. No, I mean, it's okay, I, I don't though. Know. It's something to be proud of. How few people in the world accomplish that? Honestly. Dude, I would... I would have a hat, you know, and I've seen guys with hats, actually. But anyway, <laughs> moving right along, 
Uh, we've got a uh, we've got an opportunity. If you've never ever taken your kid fishing, the first rule is when you take a kid fishing, you take a kid fishing. You're not doing any fishing. Uh, but there's a great article in uh, Popular Science or PopSci.com by John Levasseur. He is a writer there, and uh, his Casual Angler's Guide to Taking Kids Fishing for the First Time is a great read for anybody. So if you've got little ones and you want to take them fishing, uh, this is this is just great information. And ironically, John is uh, spending time with his kids right now at a playground as he joins us on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome, John. How are you, buddy? Doing well. How are you? Uh, doing good, doing good. What uh, what got you started on writing this article, and have you implemented all your your uh, advice? Uh, yeah, we we certainly try to do do the the things in that article as much as we can when we take the kids out. Um, my kids are seven, and they uh, they went out on the boat for the first time when they were about six weeks, and um, oh you know wow. they they they've been fishing since they could realistically hold a uh, hold a rod and reel a little bit you know we had to cast for him and all that at first but uh oh, yeah, yeah they, we've been we've been doing it for a while now well t- tell us a little bit about y- your point here so i mean i think a-, a lot of parents have 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 done this w- what are the tips you give to people who haven't been through it yet or maybe the kid's still a little bit too young in the next year or two um, or maybe this is the summer when they're going to take him fishing for the first time um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the most important thing is to make sure that, uh, that it's engaging and constantly stimulating. When, when we as adults go fishing, you know, you're out there for a few hours, and on a good day you're going to catch, you know, five, eight, ten, depending on how good a fishing you are, um, fish, but you're, uh, you're not going to be catching fish every minute. So the, uh, the thing we always try to do is uh, we start in, in my region up in New England, um, we start with, trying to find the schools of sunfish. Um, so we go out not real early um, in the day. We go out when the sun's high and uh, find find a rock pile and look around for the sunfish. And we don't try to fish with lures or anything with that with them. We're using worms and all the tasty stuff that the, the sunfish like. And, you know, on a good good day, well, you know, my, my father-in-law and I can't actually fish ourselves if we're doing it right because we're so busy taking sunfish off the off the hook. So... And that's a good day. That's a good day. Now, would you say that uh, those that have never fished, uh, at, you know, when they were growing up, uh, could still get enough information out of your article to take their kids fishing, even if you got to go to the Walmart and pick up a Snoopy pole? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think one thing that, uh, especially if you've never been fishing before, you probably want to get uh, one of the tips in the article is to get some local information. Um, so even if it's, you know, a friend of yours is a fisherman in the region, just chat with them about kind of where to go. Cause what you don't want to go is do is just randomly show up at a, uh, at a lake and start casting from shore and <laughs> hope for the best. Um, you want to have at least some sort of idea of, uh, kind of where you're going to likely have the most success. Obviously the, the fish move around, so there's never a guarantee that they'll be there, but, um, <laughs> It's it's probably not a good idea to go into it blind, uh, especially if you're going with your kids. Yeah, true. Um, you 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 want it to be a successful experience, not not stressful. And particularly you, John, I'll point out you have twin boys, so you had you had double the the uh, uh, responsibility, right? That's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, uh, John Lavasseur is a, uh, a, a contributor, writer for Popular Science uh, with this article. You know, I, I, it actually made me laugh when I when you were talking in the article about staying local, find a pond or, you know, find someplace close to home. Because I picture people, you know, going out to buy a Snoopy pole and then buying an RV and a boat. And then they all take off for, you know, the, the far reaches of the country to find the best fish. You can actually fish in a lot of places around any local area. Um, and if it's private property, you definitely want to ask permission. That's, that's of kind course, of my yeah. rule. Yep. Um, yeah, and, for sure. and, uh, uh, when, at what point do you think parents can actually join the kids fishing? Because like I said, at the front of the uh, interview here, uh, if you're taking a kid fishing, that's your job. You're taking a kid fishing. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, obviously it'll, it'll be different for every kid. My kids are, uh, just about to turn seven now. Um, and we've reached the point where they're, they're, this season they've started to be more independent um you know we still got to make sure that they're we watch them put the worms on the hook and um you know have to help them take some of the trickier fish to get off and you know before they start lipping pike um, make sure it's a, a fish that you can actually lip um but you know they're, they're they're now starting to take the fish off the hooks themselves and throw them back and do the worms themselves and they can they've been able to cast since they were five um so it, it's gradually, you know, we always bring our stuff to fish as adults, um, and and we're we're getting to do that more and more. Um, this year, they uh, they've finally started being more interested in um, lure fishing themselves. Um, so we still do the sunfish fishing and you know go out and catch forty fish, but they also now they've caught bass and they know that catching a you know a two pound smallmouth bass is very different than catching a you know two ounce. Uh, sunfish Um, and they they kind of now they have that idea in their head that oh i can do that Um, so once they start lure fishing and being able to be a little bit more independent um, and you know you can trust them not to hook themselves with regularity (laughs) um, then uh, then you you can start fishing a little bit more so um, the the tricky part is you're not necessarily also fishing in a location that's conducive to your kind of fishing. If you're fishing for sunfish, there's probably not a lot of bass around to catch. At least in my area, we rarely catch bass when we're when we're on the sunfish. Yeah. Um, the the other tip I would say as they start getting, and this I don't think is in the article, um, we wear sunglasses regardless of the weather, regardless of the time of day, whatever. Those kids are unpredictable when they are casting, even when they know how to do it, and <laughs> we don't want them hook, hooking each other in the eyes or or me in the eyes. So, it's so we, we've got glasses on. If it's 8.30 at night and dark, we're still wearing our sunglasses. So funny you brought that up because I was just thinking about this. My father-in-law, God rest his soul, his favorite story is being in the boat with his son. And, it, it, you know, he's casting with a lure and that treble hook landed in my father-in-law's eyebrow. Yeah. I mean, missed missed his eye by that much, and of course, you, you can imagine the curse words that were being spread across the lake. I'm that sure point this happened. I, I can't go ahead and please tell us. <laughs> but but he still he still had the scar from it. He'd be glad to show it to you when his son uh, hooked him with that that treble hook that time. So the, it's yep. a great idea. I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure that the sunglasses would protect you from that, but they would certainly protect your eyeball, and uh, that is great. Yeah, exactly. It's more important. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. 
Yeah, well, right. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll be... take a hook in the cheek over over the eye for sure. Oof, wow, <laughs> that doesn't sound good either. I know. No yeah. kidding. No, no, no I, I did I not just... take a. I did not take one. I, I'm saying I would over the eyeball. I would. I would sacrifice that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just felt bad for every fish ever caught on this planet ever. Oh boy, um, <laughs> uh, this is this is pretty cool. And you know, and now, I mean, with technology, you can go if you if you've never fished with your kids and you want to do it. You see people doing it. Uh, YouTube University. I mean, I go there for mm-hmm. to learn how to do so many things. Uh, you can go there, and of course, there's apps too for any local area. But like yep. you mentioned in your article on uh, Popside, by the way, uh, John Levisur is our guest. Uh, you know, you can keep the tackle simple. Again, a bobber. Uh, a barbless hooks yep. is good. Worms, a, a, a fishing pole, snoopy Leeches. pole. If you want to do that, and that's it. And what else, Mark? What else? What's that? What else do you take? Oh, beer. You got to oh, take. Oh yeah, beer. you got to take beer. I thought you were talking to John. I'm sorry. Yeah, and yeah. And, and one Coca Cola for the kids. <laughs> well, he's got right. he's got twins, so he needs two of them because they don't share. That's right. That's right. Um, oh, you you do snacks are important. Snacks are really really important. Bring bring a granola bar. Bring whatever something because they will get bored and they will get grumpy and you can stay out longer if they have something to eat i think that's great uh, john love listen it's it's a pleasure having you on today you said popside.com right yep is the best website you can go check out his uh his article there on taking the kids fishing for the first time so it's a casual angler's guide to kind of run you through it if it's not something that you've done before or that you do regularly i think that's great john we appreciate your time today thank you yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, good, good, good luck with them boys. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. To the, Thanks. Getting, getting the twins out, that's a handful. There's no doubt about it. D- double trouble. Yeah, you never been hooked, Bo? Uh, oh, yeah, of course. I grew up in Minnesota. I got hooked <laughs> all the time. True. Of course. I, Not I was face, the bottle though. rocket target. I was I was hooked many times. I was, uh, yeah, I had, I had mean cousins. That's what that, <laughs> that was. You, you can't, you can never be, you, you haven't lived until you've had to work one of those out of your finger. Ouch. Ugh. No doubt about it. All right. It's the worst. Okay, get out and get fishing. Good stuff. No, a little shooting, a little fishing. We've covered everything for today on Second Amendment Radio. Uh, absolutely uh mark uh have a great rest of your weekend buddy i will gonna gonna be uh, gonna head out and camp a little bit this weekend take the jet and ski please, out. it's gonna be fun please come back with great stories the weather's supposed to be perfect for oh. you so enjoy that uh the balloon glow this weekend on saturday night very cool um and we thank you very much for listening please share this show in the podcast second amendment radio on the great outdoors see you boys so just look at them and sigh And know they love you All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.